Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I'm so delighted you're here with us today because we have with us a very special guest. We have with us today Karen Curry Parker. She is the author of multiple books and she is also the creator of Human Design for Everyone Training System. And today she is here to talk to us about human design and also healing and how we can be more resilient in life, which we all need right now, don't we? It's been such a tough time lately, so I cannot wait to dive in and hear more about this. I wanna thank you so much, Karen, for being here with us today. Thank you, it's an honor to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so excited you're here because uh, we were talking earlier and I told you my audience members absolutely love learning more about human design and I am not really a human design aficionado. So um, I love that you're here and can help impart some wisdom for us on how to be more resilient, how to heal, and, and maybe how our human design works into that. But before you get started, I would mm -hmm. love for you just to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you started doing this work. Well, I'm old. That's probably the best thing to say. Um, I was actually one of the very first life coaches trained in the world. I studied with Thomas Leonard in the late 1990s. I sort of accidentally stumbled upon human design uh, right before the year 2000, so 1999, I guess. And uh, basically, my husband at the time brought home a human design chart after going on a spiritual retreat in Sedona, Arizona. And he uh, handed me the chart after I ran my chart and I just, something in me just sort of stopped, time stopped. And I just knew I had to go study everything I could. So we literally put our house on the market, traveled, packed up our four kids. I was a suburban housewife at the time, packed up our four little kids, drove across the country to Sedona, Arizona. And uh, as we got there, my youngest son had an ear infection. So I took my, my kid to the pediatrician and as I came out of the pediatrician's office with this kid on my hip, there was a door across the hallway with the human design symbol on it. And I thought, well, I'm going to go in here. So I opened up this door with this, this sick kid on my hip. And there was a woman behind a desk in there. And she said, oh, did you come for the job? And I said, yeah, I did. <laughs> so um, she hired me on the spot. At, that was actually the headquarters, the actual the international headquarters for human design at the time. Uh, I got to study extensively with the founder of human design, Rat Uruhu, who has since passed. And, uh, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. So I've been um, teaching human design and studying human design and enthusiastic about human design since 1999. So it's been about 23 years at this time. So. Wow, that's quite a story. I mean, you talk about the universe lining things up for you that you just happen to walk out and see that door and walk in. That's like something out of a movie. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was uh, every every step along my human design journey has been um, beautifully and fatefully orchestrated, I think. So I love that. So tell us then a little bit about, um, you know, I know you work with people and teach them how to be more resilient mm -hmm. and how to heal. So how are you doing that line? Like, what are you teaching people in your line of work? So I actually train people professionally to use a system that we've created that's based on the research that I've done for my PhD, which is called the quantum alignment system. It's an integrated approach that blends human design with energy psychology, life coaching, and we use subtle body essence at flower essence. So we combine all of this together in this program. 
basically, for, for those of you who don't know human design, human design is a personality assessment system that's based on the Chinese I Ching, the Hindu chakra system, Judaic Kabbalah, uh, Eastern and Western astrology, and quantum physics. It basically, when using your birthday, birth time, and birthplace, it spits out, if you put it in the computer program, it spits out this chart. The chart looks like a triangle that has a lot of geometric shapes and lines on it. That chart is basically a map of how you use energy. It's also what I like to call a storytelling tool. It is a, a tool that helps you gain back control of your own personal story so that you have sovereignty over the story you tell about who you are it shows you the life code or the sole purpose you were born into, the life story you were born into, and it certainly gives you a full spectrum of the potential, uh, the full spectrum of the potential of your life through archetypes. When, because my background is originally actually in nursing and coaching, you know, when I first started studying human design and working with human design, one of the things that really got my attention is it's a great way to get a reading, right? People get readings. It's astrology, it's intuition, it's numerology, whatever. It's, it's the same kind of thing. You can go get a reading and that's wonderful. That, that in and of itself is a really beautiful paradigm shifting experience, but it really doesn't tell people, the chart itself didn't really tell people, well, okay, how do you work with burnout? How do you work with self-sabotage patterns? How do you work with those places where you get stuck because there's underlying issues that are keeping you from fulfilling that potential. That's that was always my big, you know, my big curiosity and my big exploration. And so, I, you know, I studied the chart and I looked at the chart for probably about ten years, asking the same question over and over again: How do I use this as a tool? How do I really use this as kind of a, a cosmic crowbar, if you will, to get people unstuck? And it finally came to me at a certain point that if I take the chart itself, which has over a hundred different human archetypes in it. It's really basically um, a collection of ancient and modern archetypes, or like I like to say, everything your grandmother tells you that's true about you. If I took that chart and I threw it in a blender and I blended it up, if you will, this is a metaphor, and I blended it up with child development, personal growth and development, life cycles and life stages, and these core archetypes that are in this chart that are really essential parts of the human story that's all of us, right? Basically, what I got came up with was nine core essential archetypes that have to be functioning at a high level in order for the rest of your life story to be able to be expressed in its fullest potential or for it to be resilient. So I call those nine core archetypes the resiliency keys. The resiliency keys are the number one, and this is usually the one that affects most of us, is your sense of lovability. If you don't believe that you can be loved or that, that you're worthy of being loved, it's hard for you to actual active, actually activate your potential. The second one is self-worth. Same thing, self-worth and self-love are really the biggies. Yeah. The, the third one is vitality, which of course the opposite of vitality is burnout. The fourth one is authenticity. The fifth one is self-trust. The, the sixth one is courage. The, the seventh one is decisiveness. The eighth one is, uh, I lost my order here, I think authenticity, the willingness to be who you are in the world. And the last one is decisiveness, knowing how to make good and strong decisions. If you're scoring low on any of those nine core archetypes, it's going to affect everything. It's going to make it very difficult for you to tap into the fulfillment of the potential of your story. 
And so what we've done with the quantum alignment system is we look at the chart. We look at the chart as a map that shows us where, what of those nine core archetypes, where are you most vulnerable to struggle? Because that struggle is actually part of our growth and part of our soul path. So we use the chart as an assessment tool. Then we blend whatever's coming up in our assessment with EFT, the emotional freedom techniques. And once we clear the nine core resiliency keys using EFT, then we use flower, custom blended flower essences that then kind of hold the energy field in place so that you can continue to integrate on a biophysiological level all the changes that you just made with the process. That sounds like an excellent program. Honestly, that, <clears throat> I mean, I can see where being out of alignment with any one of those key steps is mm -hmm. going to throw you off in your life and make you feel stuck because, well, the first one, obviously, if you don't love yourself and well, the first two kind of go together with self-love and self-worth, mm -hmm. you don't love yourself and you don't have, you don't hold yourself in high regard. You know, I think we sort of set ourselves up to get less than what we deserve or not expect as much. And then the trusting yourself and making decisive, sound decisions. I know a lot of people who struggle with that. They just don't trust themselves and they're constantly saying, should I do this? Should I not do this? And I'm one of those people too, who every once in a while, I don't listen to my own intuition and do the opposite of what I know I should have done. I think we all do that. Um, there's always that dang, I should have had a V8, right? Moment, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And um, funny story there, when I was little, I walked up to my grandma and I did that and I went, oh, I should have had a B8. So I <laughs> thought I was getting the commercial right. She cracked up. Um, yeah. So when you identify those, I love that you're using EFT because mm -hmm. I love EFT. I talk about it all the time, emotional freedom technique, because I use it personally in my own life and I know how effective it is for me in uncovering those layers and healing those layers. Now, when you talk about the flower essences, mm -hmm. um, do you mean, so it's like uh, you grind them and make like an essential oil out of them that people use, or what is this exactly? Yeah, so the flower essences are basically homeopathic remedies where we, what, and I, I, I can't take responsibility, we haven't created this, uh, uh, the potion lady, who is the woman we work with, it's her name, the potion lady.com, um, actually worked, did a lot of deep dive into the energy frequencies of all the archetypes in the chart. And she has created these custom frequency blends based on flower essences. So basically what you do, just like with homeopathy is you take the the plant, you put it in water, you put it under moonlight or sunlight, depending on where you're activating it. Then you remove the plant and then you do what's called succussing. So you shake it and shake it and shake it repeatedly so that in the end, there's actually no element of the plant itself in the solution, but the energy of the plant is in the solution. And so these energies and using subtle body therapies like this really, so let me back up for a second. When we use EFT, we're working on a biophysiological level. We're making mind shifts. We're actually working on the meridians, which if you go and look at the more recent research coming out on meridians, which is actually this year, scientists now know that a meridian is a, a highly, uh, uh, it's got a lot of capillaries and, and blood flow. You can actually physically identify meridian points and those meridian points help the body and the mind make shifts and energetic shifts. 
So, so you work on the physical level, you work on the mind, on the mental level where you're changing mindset, you're changing perception, you're changing the narrative, but we also have an energy field and that energy field is holding the physical in place. When we make physical changes, if we don't also stabilize the energy field, the tendency is for us to go back to the old programming, the old conditioning. And so when we work on the energetic level, it kind of creates, I like to think of it as like a poultice or a Band-Aid. It's like a Band-Aid or a splint that holds the aura in place until it can catch up with the changes that we've made on the biophysiological level. That's a great way to explain that. And that makes a lot of sense too, because um, I think that that happens a lot. People do inner work and then they find they kind of, you know, like, oh, well, I, my energy, I still feel drained or whatever. And again, I think having to work on the energetic level too is really important. I think that's a lot of, a lot of times people forget about that and we ignore that part of it. So. Well, part of it is it's just too easy, especially like, for example, right now, when we are in this time of just massive shift and massive transition and all this stuff is coming at us constantly, because the body is so elegantly designed to be patterned, you know, the brain, once it establishes a pattern or a neural pathway, it's not something you can just get in there and pull it out. You know, it takes time to create a new nervous highway, if you will, in your brain, because the default is always to go back to the easy pattern programming. And so, you know, if you don't give yourself enough time to complete the integration process of the shifts that you make, through the EFT process and the re, you know the repatterning re process, then anytime you go out and get re-exposed to the world, it just re-triggers that old pattern. So you really have to you really have to stabilize the changes that you make and give yourself enough energy to be able to create kind of a bubble to integrate the changes so that you're not as vulnerable to being reconditioned or repatterned. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It really does. So you talk about teaching people how to be resilient. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really important thing, especially right now in everything we're going through, because as you said, we're being kind of inundated with so much, you know, politically, medically, everything that's going on. So how do you help people just achieve that ability to be resilient to everything that's happening around us because I know the first instinct is to want to panic and, and let the fear <laughs> yes so so I would say that's a really complicated there's a lot of different ways of tackling that I'm going to try to keep it as simple as I can um, just with the understanding that there's a lot of complexity in this so you know, if I look at, there's an astrological component to human design. There's also a prophecy built into the story of human design and the prophecy of human design. And if you want to learn more about it, you can read my book, The Quantum Human. Um, in the prophecy of human design, we are literally in the midst of a shift. And in that shift, which is supposed to kind of solidify in 2027, although we're knee deep in it right now, we're changing the way in which we create. We're literally moving from being material beings to becoming quantum beings, which, which means the way in which we create is much more energetic and much more about alignment and, and consciously harnessing vibrational frequency versus picking up a rock and moving it. Not to say that we're not gonna probably end up having to do that still because we're still in a third dimension, but there's, you know, there's, there's some big shifts and changes that we're in the midst of. The, you know, 
the part of what's up for us right now is our entire way of creating in our energy field itself is being rewired. And part of what has to happen for us to rewire ourselves is we've got to all each individually heal the karma of our self-worth or our value. The issue of value itself is up for collective redefinition. We have in the past, at, at the end of the scientific revolution and the beginning of the industrial era, we really defined value on the material plane. Money would, uh, your value was dependent on how much money you made, the years of education you have. Basically any kind of value that you measure with numbers was internalized. And for many of us, I would say for most of us on this planet, what got internalized was I am not enough. I don't have enough. I am not enough, therefore I don't have enough money. I don't have enough resources. And there's been this sense of scarcity and competition and this whole idea of survival of the fittest and capitalism, which is capitalism itself isn't the issue. It's the idea that there's scarcity and we have to compete for it. That's, that, that's at the root of sort of dysfunctional capitalism. That's the issue. So what's up for all of us right now is a redefinition of value. When we embrace the, the value of our unique and vital and irreplaceable role of, that each of us plays in the cosmic plan. So you are literally, Melissa, a once in a lifetime cosmic event. I am literally a once in a lifetime cosmic event. Everyone on this planet is a unique once in a lifetime cosmic event. When we really get that, each and every one of us, we know, oh, wait, hold up. I'm a vital part of the cosmic plan. If I don't live my potential, if I don't fulfill my purpose, it actually affects the entire cosmic plan. I'm that important. If we don't heal that, and if we and so we have to heal our sense of value and we have to heal anything that's keeping us from fulfilling our true purpose in the world. We each have a purpose and a right place in the world. And when we're not stepping into our value and owning our value and we're disconnected from the value of the role that we play, we also lose our connection to our purpose. And when we do that, we stop being sustainable, right? Because all of a sudden now when you're not standing in that value, now instead of saying, okay, hold up, this isn't working for me, or I don't want to do this, or this feels out of integrity for me. Instead, what we do is we use all of our will energy to overcompensate for our sense of lack. We, we hoard, we think, oh, there's not enough, so I got to take more than my fair share. We don't create sustainably in, in the environment, but also with ourselves. We fail to rest, we don't play, we don't celebrate, we don't nurture ourselves, we don't set good boundaries for ourselves. And so, when we, you know, the very first step we have to do to become more resilient is we absolutely have to reconnect with our value. If you are out, let me just throw out here that if you're out of integrity with your value, you are literally going to be out of integrity in five core areas of your life. And if any of these five core areas of your life are not working, it's a pretty big red flag that you may need to go back and do some more healing in your own sense of value so that you can continue to contribute more value to the world through your own embodiment of your value. So if you are struggling with physical integrity, meaning if your body's not functioning right, if you're burned out, if you're not feeling vital, if you're not embodying well-being, it's probably because there's something underneath that's disconnected you from your right place and your purpose and your value. If you aren't using your resources in a sustainable way, if you're struggling with money, if you can't hold on to it, if you're misusing it, if every time you get ahead, your car breaks down, it's probably that underneath there, there's some struggle with your sense of worth and your sense of value. If you have what I call a breach in your identity integrity, meaning if you believe I can't be who I am in the world, it's not profitable, nobody wants it, nobody cares about it, I have to compromise who I am somehow, 
then it probably means you're out of integrity. If you're out of moral integrity, which a lot of us, we don't want to admit that, but you know, if you're doing something a little on the sketchy side, because you're afraid like, oh, I have to do this. Like, I'll give you an example. My mom is a coupon person <laughs> and my mom is 84 years old and my mom is really aware that as a little old lady she can go to the counter and say oh I forgot to use my coupon and it's expired and they'll give her the coupon anyway because she's a little old lady that's a little sketchy it's not a huge sketchy but it's a little <laughs> sketchy and I keep telling her mom that's not really on the up and up but that's that's a breach of moral integrity and usually when we do that that's because there's something inside of us this is I don't deserve, or I'm not worthy, or there's not enough. And last but not least, if we're not using our energy in a sustainable way, meaning if we aren't resting and celebrating and playing in conjunction with working, then there's probably also an issue there with our own sense of value. So we have to clear up that sense of value because it, it keeps us in integrity in all those core areas. And, and most importantly, I mean, two, two most important parts. The first most important part is that when you stand in your value and you really embody, I am enough, you automatically live in a high frequency state. And that high frequency state, because frequencies modulate, higher frequencies lift up lower, does not work the other way around, by the way. It's literal physics. Lower frequencies cannot drag higher frequencies down. So if you're living in this high frequency state, you're basically this contagious force of transformation and evolution. When you walk through the grocery store, you're changing people. When you walk down your street, you're changing people. When you don't, when you're standing next to your neighbor who you never even talked to, you're transforming them. So the world needs a critical mass of people embodying enoughness as part of this shift. The second thing that's really important to understand about being in enoughness or, or really healing that well is that it makes us sustainable. And really, literally, we have to be, we have to embody the energy of what we want to see in the world. And right now, the world is crying for us to create in a sustainable way, in a way that allows us each individually to have enough, be enough, but to also take whatever we have and make sure that everyone around us is also living in their enoughness as well. And sometimes that means we have to do we have to use the power of our own enoughness to then lift others up with us. So, you know, that that healing of that self-worth piece and that living in alignment makes us more resilient, more sustainable, and it changes the world. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense too. It really does. Um, I think there's probably a lot of people out there listening going, oh yeah, I think I'm out of alignment with some things because, you know, a lot of people experience that, that whether it's financially, like you said, they can't seem to get ahead because when they do get money, something else, I mean, I, you know, I follow some of my listeners on Facebook and I see the things that they post. So I know that there's issues going on where it's probably out of alignment with certain things. So I know that you're going to say this is going to be another complicated thing, but maybe you can just give us a couple of quick tips or tools for if they know they're recognizing hey i'm out of alignment with some core things in my life what can kind of put them on the right track again so i'm going to say something that's actually pretty simple it's not the most exciting thing for a lot of us but honestly i think you know a human design has built into it five different energy types. Each type has a different way of being in the world, a different way of making decisions, a different way of working in the world. It gives you a lot of insight on how to maximize the way you create in the world. 
one of the things that is imperative, and this is imperative for all of the five types, is that we have to wait. We have to let the world show us the next step instead of going out and making it happen. And that's hard for a lot of us. I would say most of us are not trained that way. We are trained to go out and make it happen, to manifest it, to make it, you know, create it ourselves in, in all kinds of different ways. And I would certainly say if you're feeling like, whoa, I'm, I'm out of integrity, the very first and probably the very most important thing that I would recommend that anybody do is to just stop everything as best as you can. Obviously, for some of us, we stop work. I'm not saying quit your job right away, but I would certainly say stop everything and rest. And when I say rest, I mean, do the things that you need to do to get yourself to a restored place, meaning play, sleep, stay off the computer and don't, don't binge watch Netflix, but go outside, go for a walk, you know, do all the things that you would do for yourself. If you were recovering from an illness, stop everything that you can and just sit in the void, if you will, because that sitting in the void and letting all the busyness and all the distraction and all that stuff fall away. First of all, it, it's interesting to note, and I think this is probably a pretty common experience. It stirs up a tremendous amount of anxiety for many of us because we're so conditioned to do. And that anxiety is really an invitation for us to go back and explore, okay, what's my relationship with source like? Do I trust that I'm supported? Is this a relationship that is strong enough and based in faith enough that I know that if I let go, if I surrender, if I stop all of it, and I get back into the essence of who I am, just by virtue of not doing for a wee bit, if I do that, what's going to show up? And, and I think what's so beautiful is that for many of us, what shows up is actually the next right step. It's the next piece that actually takes us to the next, next step and the next step and the next step that starts to show us, okay, wait, here's your actual path. Your family taught you this. You learned this in school. Your society said this. Your boss said this. That's all this stuff over here. If you move yourself over here and let the universe show you the next step or let the world reveal to you the next right step, you'll start step by step. And that takes faith. You'll start reclaiming your right place in the world. And that starts to build your sense of value and your sense of purpose. I will say, this is a big, important caveat for some people, the degree of burnout is so extreme that the waiting sometimes takes time. And sometimes the waiting doesn't produce anything immediately. And that's because sometimes really, really the slowing down and the healing of the body has to happen before the next right step shows up. And we think, oh, that's a curse or, oh my gosh, nothing's happening and we panic. But really what's happening is that the universe is saying, honey, oh my gosh, honey, you are so tired. You're carrying ancestral trauma. You're carrying the trauma from your life. You're carrying all these false identities that you've been living from in an attempt to prove your value to the world. You're trying to prove your lovability. You've been doing all the things you thought you should do and none of the things you want to do. You have to rest sufficiently enough to get everything back online before we're going to give you the next right step because you're not ready yet. You need to heal first. Yeah. Wow. That's deep and that's a lot, but totally resonates and makes sense because um, so many people out there 
it's like there's a certain group of people being called to step forward to heal all of that ancestral mm -hmm. trauma and to break those generational mm -hmm. you know patterns and that's a lot it's a lot to do mm -hmm. it, it is and i think it's also what we're charged with right now i really think that's why there's so many people on the planet at this time because we each have a piece of that that we're clearing because what happens is again this is human design in human design, when you die, your story, the, the crystalline code for your story actually goes back into the earth. And so this, the fullest expression of your story, when you fulfill the potential of your story, you actually can shift the consciousness of the planet so that the energy of the planet itself begins to change so that whoever is called forth next, whoever brings that net, that crystalline quote code, sorry, that crystalline code out of the, the planet next or out of the earth next, is going to be carrying a higher frequency of it, who's going to be expressing a higher vibrational level of it. And it does change the planet. You know, even if you think your story doesn't matter, it totally does. Your story is interwoven into the rocks of the world, the rocks that hold the world together. And when we take our story and return it back, and we, we kind of, in the process of living that story, we, we scrub it and we clean it and we clear the old trauma, that goes back into a place where what's next for this planet can be clear of some of those old stories that don't serve us anymore. Those old stories that embody the idea that your value has to be proven by some kind of a number. Yeah. And I can see that happening more and more as we kind of shift away from that, um, needing to identify with money or with uh, prestige, with education, just as you said, because I, I can recall even 20 years ago, everyone was saying, you have to go to college, you have to go to college, you have to go to college. And now people are realizing not everybody is on that path. Like that's not necessarily the thing you have to do that doesn't make a difference if it's, you know, a lot of people go and then what do I do here? Like, I, I don't have anything that I really want to study. And so we're kind of moving away from that and seeing that shift and okay, everyone has their own unique path and whatever is fitting for that person is great. Instead of this one size fits all, we all have to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I love this and I love this conversation. This has been so incredibly helpful. I think for a lot of people out there listening to know that, you know, there is hope mm -hmm. and you can heal and you can be resilient in this really difficult and tough time. Mm -hmm. So uh, I appreciate you coming here to share your wisdom with us. Thank you. And uh, if you have any, if we have any listeners out there who maybe want to learn more about human design or maybe want to work with you or just follow you or get your books, what's the best way for them to do that? So books, go to Amazon and search Karen Curry Parker. That one's easy. <laughs> um, uh, or you can go to my publisher, gracepointpublishing.com. Uh, to get your free human design chart and learn more about your human design, you can go to freehumandesignchart.com. That's easy. Um, and if you want to learn more about the healing work that we do, go. To, you can visit www.quantumalignmentsystem.com. And there's a, there's a ton of content and videos and blogs and things on there too you can go look at. Awesome. And we'll have those links in the show notes too. So people can go directly there and follow you or order your books. So yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much again for um, being here with us today and for, you know, just helping people to heal. Cause I think that is such an important thing to do for 
everyone for the planet and to help you know raise the vibration of the collective and thank you so much for all the work you're doing thank you i appreciate it thank you for having me yes absolutely and i want to thank all of you for being here with us today as always if you like this podcast please subscribe please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening and the greatest compliment you can pay me is to share this podcast with anyone you think might benefit from it as always i hope you guys have a beautiful and amazing day from wherever you're listening i am sending you so much love and light and i will talk to you soon Bye, guys.